a hundred pianos all tuned to the same tuning fork are all tuned to one thing and yet they're tuned for one another. In order for there to be unity, there has to be something out there that everybody is tuned to. For Christians, that's the tuning instrument of the Holy Spirit. Don't shout me down now. This is good. There's, there's a, a tuning fork that every piano tuner carries with him. This, this grand piano has to be tuned every year. And, uh, and, when that, and for years, we had a blind man out of India that came and tuned that piano. And if you know music, if you have an ear for music, you can tell when that piano is in tune and when it's not out of tune. It, that piano is made so it can harmonize with those that want to sing or those that just want to enjoy the music. And the same with we as Christians. That tuning instrument is the Holy Spirit. And the only way that we can be unified is that everybody is going to be focused on Jesus. We all have our differences. We all drove, most of us drove different colors of cars this morning. Our different models and different makes. Not all of us drove the same thing. But one thing we do have in common today, we're not all the same age, are we? Oh, you should have said, I'm glad I'm not as old as you, Pastor. I met one of our men at the, at the door a few weeks ago that had a death in their family. He's here this morning, so I'm going to protect the innocent. And I'm not calling any names, but I asked him, how old was this precious individual in your family? And he says, oh, she was way up there, probably 78. <laughs> That's getting down where it hurts. I just smiled real big, and I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't tell him that that was the age that I'll be in September. Unity. It's all about unity. Think about this. A football team is unified. It does not uh, say that all the players are in the same positions, does it? It means that everybody's going to the same goal on that team. So we don't, have to work, we don't have to be concerned about somebody else doing something and we're not involved. I enjoy sitting on that pew and listening and being fed on the Word of God during the past four Sundays that Jared has ministered. He's been to college. He's, he was preparing as an ag teacher. He was raised in a different home than I was raised. But let me tell you, I, we're in unity today, not because we're the same age, even though I wish I was closer to his. But, but we're in unity because we're focused on one thing. We're here because of Jesus. And we want to lend a helping hand to everyone that will receive a helping hand. And when we come to church, it's not because we're all, all looking in the same direction. We're not having the same thing happen in our house. But, but I can tell you, no matter how you're living, no matter what you're facing today, there is unity because of the Holy Spirit. If a choir is singing and you hear great harmony, they may be singing the same song, but they're not on the same pitch. You can't have pitch when you're all singing soprano. But a choir harmonizes when the soprano leads and the alto and the baritone and the bass chime in with the same words but with different music and they all reach the same goal. It's to lift up somebody or something as they worship in singing. I read about a tiny pygmy, smaller than most of our, our midgets in the United States, was standing on top of a rhinoceros that weighed almost 2,000 pounds, a very vicious cre creature, but he was dead. And uh, one of the guests that was on this tour looked at this pygmy, and he says, 
did you kill that animal? And he said, I killed that animal. And he said, how did you kill it? And he said, with a club. He said, how big was the club? He said, oh, there's about a hundred of us. Let a man examine himself. Father, anoint these lips of clay this morning. I'm nothing without you. I'm just a sounding noise and clanging of cymbals without you. But I ask for your anointing, Lord, with fresh oil today, that no matter where each one may be living this morning, no matter what they may be facing today, no matter what the challenge may be, Lord, let us take a moment today and let us digest the word of God as it's ministered through these lips of clay and we'll give all the praise to you in Jesus name we pray and everybody again said amen I draw from a scripture this morning that we use every time that we do communion but I'm going to apply it in in a different way we're not having communion this morning but I want to borrow that scripture and coming from 1st Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 18 and it, and it has my text in, included in it, and that's the reason that I want to use it. But let a man examine himself. Let me just stop there. How many men in the building this morning, before you walk out of the house, if your spouse is very uh, handy, she's between you and the door, you'll say, <coughs> how do I look? And we're not looking for criticism, are we? Oh, come on, guys, you're... The tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. But you know, we, 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 we want our wives or our spouses, we want to examine us. And you know, sometimes it can save us embarrassment. Sometimes they can pat us on the back and say, I thank you, will pass for today. But while we look on the natural, the Bible says that God looks on the heart. And we're not going to talk about the natural this morning. I'm going to talk to you about your heart but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup for he who drinks eats and drinks in an unworthy manner drinks and eats judgment to himself not discerning the Lord's day for this reason many are weak and sick among you and many sleep for years, I looked at that scripture, and I thought, you know, if you drink unworthy, that's because you've got sin in your life, and you're not worthy to take communion. But I, uh, I have done some research on that, and it doesn't mean that at all. If you go through the communion, and you partake of the communion without realizing the, the bread represents the broken body of Christ. He was hung on a tree between two thieves. They've gar- they gamble for his garment if we don't take a moment and and look at the cup that we hold and recognize without the shedding of blood there'd be no remission for sin we drank it unworthy and truly 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 listen to me close i don't ever want elm grove to take this as a ritual it's not a ritual it's a celebration jesus He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon his shoulders, and with his stripes we are healed. And every time we take communion, listen to this again. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner. We all know what it is to be mannerly, do we not? We can also do it in a very unspiritual manner. 
And that's an unworthy manner. If we don't take the time to think, why am I doing this? Why do I do what I'm doing? Isn't that a good question? What keeps me doing this when I don't want to do it? Well, there's an answer for that this morning, and we're going to be looking at what the Scripture has to say about that. As we prepare to unveil the Scripture today, we're going to be saying some things about the area where our conflict grows or where it diminishes. And then some thoughts I want to share with you today is uh, I want to talk about something that we all are aware of in our community, and that's called sand. You can go to, if you go to the ocean, or no matter where you go and there's sand, you can go to the sand dunes, and uh, that sand is free. If you want to carry a shoe full of it to your vehicle, there's no charge. If you want to bag up some bags of it, it's free. But in order to put it on a playground, it costs something to excess that from where it's at to where it needs to be. And the value of sand goes up. When sand is taken and bagged, what once was free on the beach now costs $25 because it's bagged and ready to use in a different way. Once the same sand is glued to a piece of paper to make sandpaper, its value has gone up again. Now it's $5 for a sheet of, of, of sandpaper. The value has increased with the change of its purpose. Now sand is a silicon dioxide, and when sand is taken, heated, and processed, it becomes an intricate part of a computer chip that is now worth 500 bucks. So what once was free on the beach is now has a value because it's in a bag, because it's glued to a piece of paper, or because it's in a computer chip that you can hardly afford. That's the same sand that you saw on the beach. But now it's found increase in value and for greater purpose. In the book of Ezekiel, God shows Ezekiel in a vision about 25 leaders standing by the eastern gate, but there was not unity. There was two men in the crowd that Ezekiel saw, and they were there giving ungodly counsel. They were telling the people, one group was telling people everything was fine, and yet there was some that was in discord with the majority. And our situation is similar today. Many people don't want to believe that God will one day judge sin, but the Bible says it's appointed for a man once to die, and after that, the judgment. God is a God of love, and God does love everybody. But one day, not today, but one day, God will judge those who reject his love and salvation through Jesus Christ, his son. I'm going to pause here and address something today. And, and we all have different opinions. We look at the Bible. We do our, 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 our challenges of doing more than just reading it from the page. And uh, there's many Christians that think, once I've been to the altar of prayer and I've given my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, that everything that I do or say from then on is, is, is forgiven. And I agree with that to a point. I can, I can treat Sherry awful. I can treat her horrible. And, you know, she took me for better or for worse, so she might as well get strong and get ready. This is real life. But you know what? Even though I love her, there's times when I have to say, would you forgive me? Right. Cutter, don't you look that way. That's going to get you in trouble after church. <laughs> I won't say, don't, don't look, don't look. We've all did it. 
I, I, I want to say this today. If you, if, and, and it's, we're all church family, but there's, there's a congregation that believes once I've given my heart to Jesus, it's, it's all right. I can go on with life. I never have to ask him again. And that may be true, but if it's not, I, I want to be on the right side. I want to just every day, I want to, keep my, I want to keep my relationship up to date with Jesus. You know why? Because many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. I want to be in a spot when I say help. He said, that's my boy. I'm going to lend him a helping hand. And as we take the journey through life, it's on a daily process that we examine ourselves. My brother David and I went to Baptist Hospital a couple of weeks ago. Our last aunt on my mother's side is still a living. She's almost 90 years old. She's never had to be under the doctor's care. But they found there was a heart issue. And as they began to examine, she went to a heart doctor. And they began to examine her. And one of her main arteries was being clogged. And they realized that she needed some help. So they made her appointment. She went back to the doctor. And we were there that day to have prayer with her before she had this procedure. And this procedure uh, the doctors were all ready. They said, you know, this doesn't look good. We're going to be ready to ream that area out if we have to. And we've got a stent ready once we get that opened up so the blood can flow like it's supposed to. They went in that day. I, did, I couldn't stay. I had other appointments. I left. But they, they went in and took care of the issue. They put a stent. And my, my aunt went home feeling as healthy as she's ever felt. Why? Because there was an issue in her life that was keeping her heart from functioning and doing the thing it's supposed to do. And can I just turn that to a spiritual side this morning? There are areas in our life that if we're not very careful, if we don't go to Dr. Jesus on a daily basis and say, Lord, would you forgive me? I'm really being challenged today, but I want you to help me get through this area. And the moment I say, Lord, I don't want to, I don't want to, to dwell on this. I want to dwell on the provision you made for this. The, the, the longer I, I look at it, the longer I dwell on it, the bigger it gets. Lord, would you just let my challenge be like a molehill today because in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 you said you gave me the authority to cast all my cares on you and so I'm going to do that with a glorious heart today because you're all about the heart and the loads are lifted and stress is released when we go to the father and say Lord I need your help and in that moment the blood of Jesus that rolls through our veins today as Christians releases the power of healing in that area where we've been wounded, where we've been misrepresented, where we've been mistaken, or where, where we've gone places or done things we shouldn't have done. But the blood of Jesus washes away the blockage so that we can live. Jesus says, because I live, I want you to live. And yet today, the, just like the scripture that I read to you about, about dealing with communion, because people don't take that for what it's worth, because people don't put the, the value on what the bread and the cup represents. It says in verse 30, For this reason many are weak and sick among you. Listen, I don't want to be weak and I don't want to be sick. I'd a whole lot rather waltz into the hospital six days a week and encourage somebody and release the power of healing upon that individual than for somebody to be coming to minister to me. However... However, all of our wishes don't always come to pass, do they? What do we do when things go wrong? What do we do when things come our way that we don't feel like we deserve? The Bible says we're to do all things without murmuring and disputing. 
that we can be called blameless. I, I saw on the news this past week where a truck driver had made a wrong, bad drive, move. He was passing on the wrong side, and his, his mistake cost several lives because he did th something that the law said don't do. Listen to me, the Bible today is a roadmap so that you and I can have life and have it in abundance so that the joy of the Lord can be our strength. But if we allow things to contaminate our life, if we can allow, allow things to begin to obstruct the flow of the blood of Jesus in our veins, eventually you're going to have some heart problems. You're going to find it very easy to turn your cheek when you see your enemy coming. You're going to find it very cheek, very easily to defend yourself by what you've done and how you stand. But when you allow the royal blood of Jesus to flow through your life, I can tell you one thing. I don't want to be sick and weak because I fail to recognize that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, came to take away the load of sin out of my life. He deposited the Holy Spirit in my life, and he gave me an abundance of joy that's unspeakable and full of glory because of the blood of Jesus. And while I may look normal on the outside, I'm not normal on the inside. And we all go through issues. And this, this message applies to the pastor just like it does the people in the pew. For instance, I was in Laddie's room at St. Anthony one day this week. I visited with Sandy for a few moments. Laddie hasn't been able to communicate for probably three weeks now. And we were visiting, and the, the, a lady came in. She said, I'm going to do some, some uh, tr breathing treatments, and Sandy, I'm going to need your help. And I've whispered to Sandy, I said, see if the nurse will let me pray so that I can exit so y'all will have the room uh, together. And so she, she called the nurse by name. She said, this is our pastor. Would you allow him time to pray uh, before he leaves? And she said, certainly I will. I'd be glad to. And so she was standing where the tree stands and all the bags are hanging, all the instruments that buzz go on. And she was, instead of leaving the room, like most nurses do, she decided she would stay. She reached across Laddie's body and took my hand, and I took Sandy's hand. And we're, we, we know that Laddie can't pray today. We know that he's lost his ability to communicate. But we begin to pray, and I prayed, Lord, I ask you to minister as only heaven can afford upon Laddie. I ask you for strength for Sandy today. And you said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we didn't have to fear death because you're with us. But Lord, I just pronounce and I speak blessings upon Laddie today as he lays in his hospital bed. And the Holy Spirit began to well inside of me like a well. And I knew it was looking for an exit through my mouth. And I said, Lord, I know that's the Holy Spirit speaking. I don't know how this lady believes, and I don't know what, where she goes to church. So, Lord, I'm just going to keep praying in English, even though I know you're wanting me to release the Holy Spirit and pray in a perfect prayer today. And while the war was going on, and pastor, you know, I mean, that pastor's brave. He walks where angels fear to tread. You know, and he rides faster than all of us put together. But there comes a moment in life when you... Oh, God. God, if you'll just forgive me for quenching the Spirit. Oh, God. 
oh God, I don't know, this lady would make three of me, and she's not the same color as me. Lord, just suppose she gripped my hand with a grip I couldn't get loose from. This all happened in moments. And all at once, out of the breathing therapist's mouth, roll a prayer in tongues. And the Holy Spirit was released in that building. Tears flooded my face. <laughs> Sandy, she was rejoicing as we rejoiced in the presence of God like only the, if you've never been there, I'm telling you, it's like heaven comes down. Nothing else matters. It's, it's the Holy Spirit bathing us and cleansing us and empowering us no matter what we're facing. And all on the way out of the room, the Holy Spirit says, I tried to give you the blessing, and I know what you were thinking, so I gave it to somebody else in your presence just to confirm that when I speak, you're to obey. <laughs> oh, come on now. I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. Don't get me that religious look this morning. I know I... I know I once was a sinner. I know that I should not make mistakes, but Romans 3.23 says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Listen, God wants you to know today when he came into your life, your value increased. And as your value increased, there were doors that he opened so that you could go places you've never been and do things you've never done. And as you continue to walk in obedience, the Bible says, By this shall all men know you're my disciples. Listen to me today. If you're not listening to God, it's time that we examine ourselves. Why aren't we? Well, Pastor, let me just be honest with you. I'm just afraid to do that. Well, let me address that. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So why don't you just kick that old devil called fear out of your life and say, Live, die, sink, or swim. Things are going to change. And the next time the door of opportunity opens, even if it's in a hospital, even if it's a nurse that I don't know, and the Holy Spirit gushes, I'm not going to quench the Spirit. It's so easy to pray in the Spirit when... And there, there's been times when I've gone to the, the hospital and the Holy Spirit says, I want to use you in a different way. And before I pray, I look to the companion, the ones that's in bed, or, or I, I look to the family members that are there, and I say, I feel an urge to pray differently today than I usually do. Would you give me permission to pray the only way that's a perfect way? And, and as I release heaven's best upon your loved one, and most, I've never had anybody to say, absolutely not. And out of my spirit, comes a language that I don't understand, that I can't mess with, that I can't get it wrong. And out of the abundance of my spirit, it breathes a life that flows from the Holy Spirit because the blood of Jesus is washing. Well, I'm releasing heaven's best. It's flowing through this temple of clay. And, and like Jared has ministered to it, the blood that was shed at Calvary was shed on your, on your sins, upon the area of healing for you, upon the forgiveness that you need, upon every area of your life that you may be wounded today, the blood of Jesus is applied because it was shed at Calvary, and he'll never have to die again. Give your hands some exercise and give the Lord a praise this morning. In the book of Ezekiel, God shows Ezekiel the 25 leaders and then the two that aren't working with the others. 
and uh, he began to talk to them about it. And there was, there's always, all through the life of the children of Israel, there were ups and there was downs, but the promises always stayed, it was a flat line. God always had his provision higher than their ambitions, higher than their vision, and God always set perimeters for you and I even today. And a nation, listen to me, our situation is similar today here in America. People don't want to believe that God will one day judge sin. God is a God of love, and if he's a God of love, why would he want to reject anybody when he's a God of love? Listen, he doesn't. We reject his plan. No rejection comes from the Lord. And I've heard this many times. If God is who you say he is, how can he send anybody to hell? Now, I couldn't answer that the way I wanted to for years, but one day the Holy Spirit just began to flood my soul with words of knowledge and wisdom, and I came to this place. When I hear that, I say this, God doesn't send anybody to hell. If you don't accept him, you made a decision that's going to take you there, not him. Right. He, he decided he would die on the cross for our sins. Once and for all. He decided that the blood of Jesus that flows through his veins could also flow through us. And we could be alive and well today spiritually and emotionally because of what he did. But listen, one day the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And I don't want anybody to ever call this church home and never realize that one day we'll all stand before God. Even your pastor and we, the book of life will be open and God alone will look at our life and see how good we've done. And I want to be prepared for that day and I want you to be prepared for it. A nation that considers itself untouchable because of God's blessing is in great danger. As we likewise say, everything is fine, we're safe, but God's trying to get our attention. And he, many times, just is waiting for the pastor to say, I'm so sorry. You know, every time that we make a boo-boo, every time we make a wrong turn, you know one of the most powerful things that we can do is say, I'm sorry. I didn't intend to do that. I didn't, I, I didn't, I, I didn't want that to turn, turn out like it did, and I'm sorry. America is far, America politics is far from saying, I'm sorry. And listen, the Bible says there's judgment day coming for a nation that forgets God. After, after sending millions of babies in America down the drain tube called abortion, America one day will give an account for every baby whose life has been taken. Think about a generation that has gone from us today just because we, they give it a reason called it was just not planned. I didn't want to accept responsibility. Listen, God wants you to know today, one day I'll have to take responsibility for everything I've done. But I can tell you, as far as the East is from the West, when we ask for forgiveness, He'll never bring that up to us again. You know why? Because the blood of Jesus washes our slate clean. Right. And here's what he says. If you walk in the light as I'm in the light, you'll have fellowship one with the other. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, sets us free. Let a man examine himself. Let me ask you this question this morning. Is, do you know the royal blood that's flowing through your veins today? Is there any unfinished business going on? You know you're doing something you really shouldn't be doing, but you're just going to take care of it at a more convenient time. 
Maybe it's something that you didn't do. It's maybe something somebody else did, and, and yet today you're just, you're just holding them accountable for what they've done. After all, they were a Christian. Listen, I refuse to, I refuse to allow anything to build up in my veins where the royal blood flows. And sometimes just being obedient to what God's Word says allows the blood to flow. What did, how, the greatest example that we have is when Jesus, sinless, not guilty, was led to Calvary when he could have called 10,000 angels. I wouldn't have called 10. I'd have called 20. <laughs> just being honest, I know the rest of you aren't like me. That's all right. Blameless gives us something we can be proud of. Never without sin. Think about that. Where would pride go today if any of us could say, I never, let me tell you, I'm holy today. I've never sinned. I've never said anything bad. I've never mistreated anybody. And all my kids are perfect as a, as a crop to show that I've done it all right. Where would we be? Let me just tiptoe through the tulips and tell you where I'd be. I probably wouldn't be where I'm at today. Let a man examine himself. Who was it that said, Lord, I'll never betray you? One of the 12. One of Jesus' board members. Oh, Lord, you, you know me. I'll, I'll never do that. The Bible warns us, when you think you're strong, be careful, lest you fall. Why would we want to examine ourselves? I'll never forget, several years ago, they were, we were told about this test. You could go to Oklahoma Heart and, and do the, the, uh, the test that they would put you through, like for $50. And one day, Sherry and Carol and I, we had all appointments together so we could ride together, and we went down and did this test. I figured, you know, as strong and ambitious, I, I, would, I would not have any calcium at all. The way I eat, I eat, I mean, you know, I mean, I just, and, and if my eating disorder's wrong, then I, I, I drink enough coffee. I mean, it's hot, it's cleansing, and I, I, mean, I mean, you know, you talk, you just, you're just looking at a he-man. I'm telling you, it's not by the cup. It's got to come by the pot. I've never seen coffee pot a dollar a a pot. I've never seen that in a restaurant. So I just carry an extra along with me. But it, back to the test. It wasn't 20 minutes, but we were, they put us in this tube. How many's been in a tube when you didn't know what was buzzing? <laughs> they didn't even have any music in this tube. There wasn't even anybody talking to you. There was just a whole, a whole lot of something surrounding you, and you knew you couldn't get loose if you wanted to. What it was doing, it was checking you out in places that you can't see. Oh, I, I could hardly wait, you know. I knew the way I'd lived, I wouldn't have any buildup at all. But when the true picture came out, Sherry and I had some buildup. I mean, you know, I mean, we've lived in the ministry all of our life. I mean, you know... I mean, we should never have had any buildup. Guess who didn't have any buildup? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what's her name? Oh, come on, you know her. 
It's Carolyn Wyckoff. <laughs> Jared, so life is so real even when you're not here. Jared comes up to me this week and he said, uh, you know, this is secretary week. I said, oh, man, we're in trouble. No, he said, we're not in trouble. I've already got a dozen roses ready. Okay. I said, when the redeemed are gathered in. <laughs> we took her out to lunch. And so, I, you know, I began to examine myself. This was a day that we were, the lady who makes you look good, the lady that, you know, takes all the bad calls and then she's, put some sweetener in it so you don't really get the blunt of the calls. Anyhow, I was thinking about years ago, this really happened. I, if you're going to hold out in my heart, in your heart today, because what I'm going to tell you, just say this out loud, you're already forgiven. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Maybe I better just... It was secretary week. I was all caught up. We were having a funeral, and somehow during the, during the family time uh, I heard that word this is secretary's week we, I've got to get back after the after the service is over and it dawned on me I'd forgotten everybody was gone flowers were gone we'd been to the cemetery and we came back and there was three baskets <laughs> don't get ahead please don't get ahead of me there there were three baskets left on the fountain ledge and I looked at all three of them there was one of them that had a rose or two in it I picked up that basket I walked in the secretary's room let me just say this I'm still alive (laughs) that wasn't the end of the story there was a dozen roses that came to that office before the week was out listen let me just ask you a question. Would you just take time this morning and ask yourself this question? Would you just examine yourself? Is there anything in my life that I could do without? Is there anything that in my life that's putting a damper on the joy of the Lord? It's my strength. Is there something that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing? Is there something that I've done that I should go back and make right? Is there, is there something going on? Is there something God's wanting me to do that I haven't done yet? Is there something? Is there anything? Is there anything? After all, one day, there'll be nobody to blame for my wrongdoings. There'll be nobody standing there to give a reason why I I misfired. Here's what I want to tell you. If you're here today and you've got some things that's in your blood veins, It's keeping the flow of the blood of Jesus from flowing. Let me tell you how Ezekiel chapter chapter 11 verse 19 says. This says this to the children of Israel. And I want to pass it on to you. This is God's desire for all of us. I want to give them one heart. This church has one heartbeat today. We are pushing toward the same goal. We are doing everything we know to do to get people to plug in to the Lamb of God, to the Jesus that died for our sins. We're doing everything we can to promote unity. When a church is having a revival, we dismiss and we go have a part of it. When other churches are doing something, we try to get involved to promote unity. 
And as we do that, here's what God says I, I want to do. I want to give you one heart. He says it's about the children of Israel. And I want to put a new spirit within you. And I want to take that heart of flesh out, that hardened heart that's been hardened by circumstances, that's been hardened because of the way we've been treated, that's been hardened because of things we've went through. It's been hardened because things came our way that we didn't feel like we should have come our way. God says, I want to give you a heart of flesh. I want to give you a, a heart that will serve you well. In verse 20, he says, the reason I want to do that is so you can walk in my statute and keep my judgments and do them so that I can say, you're my people and I'm your God. Listen, there's not a better deal than what God has to offer. And think about this this morning. We have a healthy church. We have people that pitch in. You, ha you help us do everything we, 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 go, we set our face to do. And, and I, want, I am so grateful as a pastor to have a church family like we have today. But listen to me. I want to share with you. God wants you to know that there's blessings flowing your way every day. He's had his hand on you every day. And he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I want you to know you're my kind of people, and I want to always be your God. For Samuel, I close with these thoughts. Chapter 16, verse 7. For the Lord does not see men as God sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know it? Only the Lord. In verse, verse 10 of Jeremiah chapter 17, I, the Lord, search the heart, test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Let a man examine himself. I'm so grateful I'm not your examiner today. I'm a, an individual called a shepherd that wants you to have the best that God has to offer. I'm a shepherd with a shepherd's heart. I feel I'm on call 24-7. The distance is nothing. Just get there as quickly as I can and share all that I can and be everything that God has called me to be. One day, this was not my cup of tea. I didn't ask the Lord for this job. I, I ran from this job for many years, for several years. But I'm here because God would not give up on me. And he wanted to do one thing. He wanted to take the heart of stone that had built up of things that had happened to our house where we lived in the parsonage. And what I'd seen happen in the parsonage for almost 18 years, I wanted to run from it. But the great physician stepped in. And one day in my most miserable hour, I said, yes, Lord. And he took the stony heart, and he gave me a heart of flesh and a love for people. And then I said, here, my Lord, send me. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, I want to thank you this morning for all the good things you've sent our way. And I want to thank you for the provision of every step of life journey you've already made and paid for. 
I want to thank you this morning because we know that our Redeemer is alive. The grave couldn't hold you. And, Lord, you arose from the grave. You spent 40 days showing that you were who the, you were the one who died on the cross. And today, we just are here to say thank you, Jesus, for the awesome privilege you give us. Thank you, Jesus, for the awesome price that you paid for our redemption. Lord, I just prayed this morning that this would be a time for all of us to examine ourselves. Lord, when we have hard feelings, it isn't long till our heart becomes hardened and our spirit becomes callous because we stop the blood flow of the precious blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins. Lord, today, today, along with this awesome congregation, say, Lord, I examine myself as I stand before you today. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. Lord, I'd rather work my way to etern into eternity than to sit down and rust my way out. Because you've called. And I answered, and you've, Lord, you've been so good to me. I just can't say how good you've been to this country, boy. You've blessed with health and strength. You've blessed me with a community that loves me. You've blessed me with church people in a community that trust me. I just can't say thank you, Lord, for all you've done. Lord, there's a possibility there may be somebody in this congregation this morning that brought some hard feelings or some things that's not right. And, Lord, we can put a suit of clothes on, we can put a necktie on, and we can look real good. But, Lord, the Word said in the message this morning, man looks on the outward appearance, but you look on the heart. If there's anyone here this morning, in the close of this message, as Jared comes to close, there's some things in your life, you know the blood of Jesus isn't flowing like it, like God wants to flow through you. There's some adjustments you know you need to meet. Listen to me, don't be ashamed of that. I make adjustments every day. Not whether or not I'm going to serve the Lord, but I make adjustments in my attitude sometimes 10 or 12 times a day. It's, there's no sin to make an adjustment. But maybe you're here this morning and you know there needs to be an adjustment in your life. And you haven't made that adjustment. But in an inquiry of the message today, the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. And he's... Ex allowing you to examine some things in your life that's not fruitful for the kingdom. Doesn't make you, doesn't make you a sinner. It just slows the flow of the blood that washes, that cleanses. And when we say, yes, Lord, Lord, it's like, it's like, Lord, better than a stent. Lord, the, our blood veins open freely and the blood of Jesus washes and cleanses and empowers us. And the Holy Spirit abides and causes our life to be fruitful. If you're here this morning and God has spoken to you in the message today, let me just ask you today, this is not a, a call for somebody that doesn't know the Lord. I just want to, I'm just talking to Christian folks this morning. How many would say, Pastor, as I examine my life this morning, there's some things in my life that I shouldn't tolerate. It brings no glory to my Father. But thanks for talking to me this morning. I'm going to ask the Lord to take care of that situation. Could I see your hands across this building today? 
Oh, God bless the hands. God bless you. God bless you today. Pastor, would you come? I'm believing at the dismissal of this service this morning, you're going to surrender the things that God wants you to surrender. I'm, gonna, I'm believing this morning when you walk out of this building, you're going to be made whole because you've said, Lord, as I've examined myself today, I'm, I'm honest with you, Lord. I want, I want that removed in my life, and I ask you to forgive me in Jesus' name.